But we also have a very special guest on the phone today. We have John Reynolds. Kia ora, John. <laughs> You're already <laughs> laughing. It's great. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. I'm feeling special up here in sunny Auckland. No, there you go. Yeah, how nice is it up there? It's awful down here today. Oh, uh, any snow? <laughs> no. Not yet. Not yet. Um, it's the Hyde Street party today, John. <laughs> Are you familiar? No, I'm, I'm afraid I, I spend my student uh, days uh, in, in the bosom of Auckland, so I missed the great um, Dunedin student experience. But, oh, uh, you it, missed oh, out. Oh, connected to the students. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think every Hyde Street partier right now should just take half an hour out <laughs> to just have a listen to the interview before going back to partying. I think that's what they should be doing. <laughs> I can see smouldering sofas already on the horizon. <laughs> or, or are we post-furniture with regard to parties these days? I mean, outlawing it does nothing, really. They keep burning, no, no matter how many times. Great. We walked through to the studio this morning, um, Johnny, and uh, the, the students were already completely trashed, and uh, it was about <laughs> 9.30 in the morning. Um, but they were wearing great costumes, so I've told Wave that after this, I'm heading off to the $2 shop, and I want a costume, and I'm going partying. <laughs> <laughs> Can we? My mum just called you Johnny. Can we call you Johnny? Are we on that level? Absolutely. Woo-hoo. All sorts of people do, um, including complete strangers. <laughs> I think, like in this day of you know social media, where we can just be friends on Facebook. I mean, I have your number now, Johnny. We're we're better friends than most. Well, you see, I I'm look, I'm a big fan of this because one of the one of the you know being in the art world, one of the the key. Uh, qualities of, of working and living and, and, and growing in New Zealand is is the tiny scale of our community here. We're such a small little walker, you know, adrift on the South Pacific, that it means that you know people you can you can meet everyone and you and you can be in contact with people. And I think it's one of the reasons why we're such a. Um, Curiously, we're quite progressive on the international stage. We have our we have our low points <laughs> the last nine years, but <laughs> we can um, we can um, move quickly. And part of that is the ability, for, well, for example, everyone to just to be able to talk like we're doing now. And um, I think that um, one of the great pleasures I've always found, having recently been to Eden, is walking in down the street and having total strangers talk to me in a way that is reminded me of old New Zealand. It was completely... It was charming. That is so um, cool. I was... Someone asked me if I I was off a cruise ship. (laughs) 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 I took it as a compliment, but I don't know. (laughs) Well, hey, Johnny, so on that, we we didn't actually intro you to the listeners, and so I'm going to put you on the spot. Imagine you and I are stuck in the elevator in Auckland, and we're stuck between floors, and I go, so, hey, tell me a bit about yourself. What do you do? (laughs) What do you do for a living? Who are you, John? <laughs> Tell us more. Well, you know, I was—I uh, had the same question put to me in a, in a council meeting uh, workshop on public art a, couple, a week or so back, and uh, in one sentence I had to sort of say who I was, and I came up with a rather... Um, uh, well, here we go. It's a little formulaic, but um, I describe myself as an Auckland artist, a, a militant pedestrian, and a generational traitor. Oh, tell us more. Yeah. What's the generational traitor? Well, what it means is that um, as someone who's in his early 60s, I I have very poor regard for some of my um, peers. (laughs) Particularly, there's an animal up here in Auckland called a NIMBY, and um, (laughs) I I, I regard them with deep suspicion as as (laughs) retrogressive conservatives who have got their hands firmly stuck in their ears and refusing to 
even utter the words climate change and so forth. So um, I, I, I'm a traitor in that sense that I, I, I'm with the young people. <laughs> I, I like to be like Jacinda. I like to be adjacent if I possibly could. <laughs> God, I mean, you come up with some incredible one-liners, which you use in your art. I mean, a favourite has to be, let's just say that Pretty Ugly is an aspiring oxymoron. That's been my favourite for so long. Where do these thoughts come from? Well, well, it's it's a curious thing. There's this there's this vast um, piece of furniture that's rattled into our lives last century called the internet, and I've, it's rolled over me. And um, in fact, I've just this morning had some great success connecting my tele- <laughs> my computer to to a printer. So the Internet of Things is <laughs> uh, I'm, fu- I'm fully lit up right now with the digital world. But but no no. Um, in all seriousness, what I tend to find is that people tell me things, or, or um, you know, I was fascinated with the Orsman Dictionary that was written pre-internet um, by Bernard Orsman and started in the 60s last, um, you know, as a collection of, of Kiwiisms. Yes. So, you know, language and the usage of language is um, completely fascinating to me, and as a visual artist, that gives me opportunities to, of course, in a country that had such um, artists as, as Colin McCann, who's so driven with the great use of text. So, um, yeah, I, it's, my, my children say something to me like, um, you know, that you're totally random, Dad. I mean, I can't help but use that in some, in some way that um, hopefully <laughs> throws some light on the contemporary condition, um, certainly on my condition. But, um, <laughs> um, there, we, there we go. Yeah, language, eh? How, it's, it's instead of figuration in the way, I often think that by using words, I don't have to paint um, horses and houses. <laughs> that um, that my imagery is is, is text. So um, anyway, don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favourite New Zealandism from that dictionary, by the way? Oh, I, I look. There's so many, but one of the ones I really like at the moment is hard thinker. And, and a, a hard thinker was actually uh, a um, pejorative term that uh, New Zealanders used in both wars, but particularly in the First World War, about those malingering men folk who mm. didn't immediately sign up to go and die on the, on the killing fields of Flanders and Gallipoli. And they were called hard thinkers because they were, they were thinking hard about did they want to you know, um, big cannon fodder on the Western Front. Oh and I, I, I quite like that way that New Zealand would associate thinking as a pejorative, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but also a hard thinker. It's such an agricultural term. So it's, it's sort of, it's you know, it's it's evocative, but it's also, it, it reflects poorly on us. Um, and, uh, but every now and again, I claim to be a hard thinker. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and you were saying before about how your text paints the picture instead of an actual visual imagery. Um, you've exhibited in galleries such as the National Art Gallery of New South Wales for the Sydney Biennale, I mean the Auckland Art Gallery, Te Papa, but a really, another very prestigious exhibition space which you might not be aware of. It's actually my personal Instagram page uh, where I've displayed a picture <laughs> of your work that simply reads, Save Me From Stoicism. <laughs> it's my, my oh, favourite yeah, piece. Yeah. My favourite. <laughs> well, look, I'm so pleased to hear that because, um, you know, I've dipped my toe into the great world of in- in- Insta- Instagram, and of course, you, you know, you are on the on the, the accelerated pipe to to global um, um, exposure. But um, I'm so pleased to hear that because I I, um, I think that um, 
you know, work so often as an artist, you, you're, you're, you're involved in a, a curious activity. You're sort of mining at a sort of a cold face. And uh, most of the time, you're in the dark and you're actually confused as to what on earth you're looking for. And this, you, the, 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 what occurs is this kind of backlog of, of activity and work. And I'd forgotten completely about that work that you just reminded me of. But it's out there somewhere. And, and if it can have a digital life as much as a life in someone's living room or bedroom or, or, or some lost in some gallery archive, then you know, that's a fabulous thing. Yeah, and I mean now I because I don't live in the house where where it's on the wall, but now I get to see it every day if I want to because I've chosen to share that on social media. I was just going to ask for the insider scoop on that piece in particular. Well, you know, um, Stoic, I mean, it's well, that's a great question because um, I was I went through a period of being vastly um, moved and um, by the by the Stoics, and Marcus Aurelius became a sort of a hero for me and. Um, um, in fact, I, <laughs> I wrote a uh, when I was in New York once. I I spent some or some some time there, and and I wrote a sort of a diary of of sort of personal, you know, the end of the day. And I used the pseudonym Marcus Aurelius, and so this is a kind of a uh, a stoic reflection via a Kiwi <laughs> sort of voice um, uh, uh, in, in, the, in the late 20th century, um, well, might have been the 21st century, but um, using, using that kind of, and it's a way, I suppose, to, to provide a, a self-commentary, but through the lens of, um, you know, that philosophy of stoicism, which um, in lots of ways we both, we both should absolutely embrace, but, or all of us should embrace, but, but at the same time we must be cautious of, because of course uh, I think the demands of the real world, particularly in this digital age, are that we should be closer to each other rather than <laughs> endure each other. So. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, um, but you but, yeah, well, there we go. Um, you know, if you ask me that same question tomorrow, there'd be a different answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Um, growing up in our house also, my home is in with my mother, who has sat with me, um, we had a print of Prometheus Unbound. And so all, oh, all three of us yeah. talking right now will have very different memories and associations with that print. But what's yours? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I think... Um, again, you know, that's, it's like in the mist of time for me in a sense that um, I, I was very, there was a period when um, I was very taken with mythological content and, and um, particularly uh, there's a guy called Joseph Campbell who wrote very evocatively about the uh, viability of myths of a contemporary problem or the contemporary, you know, that we should, that those Greek myths that the Maori myths, um, mm. uh, Japanese, I mean, Buddhist, you know, all those old, the, the civilization um, provides narrative and story and, um, you know, commentary on the human condition, and it's, it's available to us. And Prometheus, mm. I'm that's, that's um, the Prometheus, of course, brought fire to the, you know, I think he was, wasn't the gods hurled him out or something for, for giving fire to the humans, I think, if that's how oh. it goes. So, and, and I think that, if I understand it correctly, the fire was a metaphor for consciousness. So, um, you know, it's one of those old myths of, uh, uh, you know, how gifted humans are and how flawed we are, um, given our intellectual capacities. Um, so how I how I was exploring that visual, I can picture the image vaguely, but um, I, I'm <laughs> desperately trying to, trying to connect it to, um, yeah, local... 
some sense of local um, local geographies and um, and this current time. But that's a bit waffly, isn't it? But um, <laughs> if I went back to the image and just got in front of it, I could possibly throw some more light. But but I think that that's the that's the case in some senses. I think that you know typically of all my colleagues in the art of the contemporary art world, we do tend to I think most of us anyway. Um, regard that there's a provocation involved in being a visual artist uh, and, and that is that you are hopefully couching uh, philosophical questions or, or, or moral or ethical questions in, in an aesthetic format and, and that uh, you know that I guess that was my way and possibly turgid of, of trying to explore ideas around um, uh I don't know, uh, creation myths and um, uh, developing visual language around that and, and locating it somehow in, in, the, in the late 20th century New Zealand ethos. But um, but I guess that I haven't really given you much. So that's that's <laughs> a very great. broad kind of appraisal, I think. <laughs> that's so great. It's a bit different from, from your I, association, yeah. Mum. <laughs> Hell to that. Uh, <laughs> But there we go. And sometimes it's best not to ask the artist what what, what a particular uh, an artwork is. But I, but um, no, I th- it's it's interesting, isn't it? It's a kind of um, I, I I have been wondering this, but particularly you know, thinking about um, uh, we'll be looking at I'll be looking at Gordon Walters' work up in the gallery soon, mm. giving a bit of an artist talk yeah. or an artist response in the context of that. And it's it's quite I found myself quite challenged by the idea about. Where does provocation lie in the contemporary um, contemporary work? In what sense can we develop a fiction for a work, and yet it also has some degree of um, well, provocation is the word I think. It, it asks questions as much as it provides some kind. Much, much as I think that um, uh, you know that work um, that work about stoicism, in a sense, what you know, in what way does that? Um, satisfy a sense of it being a, an artwork that one wishes to go and look up on Instagram and in what <laughs> sense does it actually provoke be thought provoking and, and it's, I guess it's that fine line that you know artists, you, can, you can't sort of head off bravely thinking I'm now going to pursue a provocative art career it's, it, you know good art tends to be provocative um, but it's not something you. It's not like a cake that you can just bake in. It's it's that's the quality that, like a pavlova. It's either, you know, it's either got the air or it hasn't. So, it's, you, it's, you should stop me talking. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start going off on cooking tangents. <laughs> Yeah, I'm bringing you today's cooking show with artist Johnny Reynolds. No, it's interesting because also there's the Marilyn Webb exhibit at the moment at the D-Pad, yes. which is yes. her art, but it's also the cookbook. She's gone, yeah, it's, so it's like, it's actually good for the sponsors of this show right now, Mum. Take that back, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I was giving her a cheeky look. Hey, um, Johnny, um, though what you're saying is correct that, you know, one of the key roles of artists is to be provocative or to be the people's voice, um, you know, and help drive social change. So, um you know, what would you put uh, out to the world today as being um, what is a number one issue for young people in New Zealand? Oh, wow. Well, I think young people have got such a mandate at the moment. I think, you know, young people have to save us. Um, thus, Richard, um, baby boomers have, have <laughs> made a, a big, a gigantic mess of it. And the last nine years has been, you know, the culmination of that. And so, unfortunately, the, the younger generation... <laughs> are going to have to reconfigure and um, reboot um, 
uh, the the in whole world. I mean, it's uh, um, it's hard to know where to start. I mean, everything's wrong. One of, one of the things I find myself very animated about at the moment, and this is why I think um, I describe myself as a militant pedestrian and a, and a generational traitor, is that I, I I think that the urban environment, and again, one of my passions is, is uh, public art, is one one of the uh, you know one of the concerns we must all have is is of course climate change, the effects of that, and the very real challenges that we all as individuals have, and that. We can't just hope and pray that young people are going to arrive over the hill like, like the cavalry and save us from ourselves. We, um, everyone has to start, you know, having compost bins. You know, that on a personal level, there has to be a real commit, commitment to that. And at the same time, that we actually have to, we have to turn up and vote um, and and in, insist that our, our representatives in parliament and and on council and and, and, very, and all and all the, the public office all those roles and actually as shareholders people that, that own shares and businesses and shareholders they actually have a, a voice that they can insist that their companies stop investing in big oil and you know and dirt, dirty dirty industry and um you know um uh you know the, the bench general fouling of, of, the, of our world um and there has been progress i mean there's some very good signs out there even in new zealand our rivers are cleaner and uh, evidently, uh, they're sh- are showing progress in, in terms of cleaning this, and, um, and and the billion dollar, the billion trees being planted by you know, the, the, the current um, coalition government, and those sort of ambitions are very real. And so, what we require is young people to actually turn up and vote at the next general election yeah. and reinforce those politicians that will enable New Zealand to have a future, and of course, the whole planet to have a future. So, um, nice, yeah, that's 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 a good response. Yeah. yeah. You had that one ready, didn't you, Johnny? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) If we're on the line of politics right now, I have an interview with Madama Davidson next week. What would you ask her if you were in my position? Right, good question. What would I ask her? Um, Wow. Well, now that's a good question. Well, the Greens have just been so fantastic. Um, You know, they've, they've, I I believe, they've absolutely enlivened the Labour Party uh, political agenda. They've, um, they're almost, you know, in fact, it's fabulous to watch, you know, if this is the first MMP result, genuine MMP result we've had. And uh, I can see, New Zealand's finally seen the merits of this, this idea where you get, um, even New Zealand First, with their provincial emphasis, um, you know, we, we see a genuine um, uh, collusion of, of um, principled um, positions taking, and and the desire to create um, effective um, legislation from that. And so I, I would, I would, I would, well, oh, gosh, I, I, rather than asking of something, I'd, I'd urge them forward. I'd say, you know, go you good thing, in the sense that. Um, and I guess the one query I'd have is that their emphasis, obviously, with their green agenda, tends to be with regard to environmental concerns. But I would ask them also not to drop the ball with regard to um, urban issues um, like infrastructure, you know, public transport, huge public transport issues like um, in Auckland, of course, um, light rail and mm. um, things like that, which Wellington, of course, desperately needs more rail. Um, it, it's often, I 
think that there's there is a probably a, um, you know a corner of the green agenda which is not so enthusiastic on spending big money on what they see as um, you know urban centric um, uh, uh, proposals. But these are vital for New Zealand to get get off the auto dependency, to get away from the the car fouling of our you know extraordinary country, and to help um, help solve. Uh, you know people's mobility issues in all our major cities, which even in Tauranga, which is yeah, you know, yeah. uh, is absolutely it's you know somehow that we've all accepted that cars we have to live with these horrible wretched cars and you know I mean I, um, and I you know I own them I own one so I get <laughs> but 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 they're they're appalled they're, they're I call it car fouling I mean that we we absolutely and as part of our you know discussions we're having up here with Auckland Council and Public Art. That the the expectations that we just have to allow single individuals in their SUVs right away over over pedestrians and cyclists and and, and public tra- tra- rubber transport and stuff it, it, it's it's a it's a form of blindness it's it's almost like a kind of a it's a pathology actually so so that's what I guess I mean it's not complicated but my challenge would be for the Green Party can they also apply that 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 wonderful um, energy that's given to the Climate Change Commission and, and issues around um, the environment, can they also maintain a genuine um, progressive attitude to uh, the challenges of urbanity and um, medium density uh, living and the issues around um, that in terms of sewage and, and public transport, which which you know this generation has to move on if the next generation aren't going to be burdened with it. Um, a mentally creaking and an old expensive model. That was a wrap. <laughs> I, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> that, that, was, that. That, that was a, a mighty good answer with quite a few issues in there and I'm sorry I have to ask you, you're a bit of a Ponsonby boy. <laughs> that one vehicle that you own, is it a Tesla? A peddler. A Tesla. A Tesla. <laughs> a coffee peddler? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you sit around and... Uh, probably doesn't go off having coffees a bit and chatting. Now, my question was, what's your vehicle? Is it an electric vehicle? And then I teased you. Was it a Tesla? Well, I wish. You know, I so wish. Um, I've got. Uh, I've just got rid of a dying Volvo, and, and um, I swapped a painting recently for another old Volvo. Um, <laughs> swapped uh, and, a painting and, for a car. That's amazing. Well, well, I, I refuse to pay cash for for a motor vehicle. I'm just. I'm just. You I've know, got a little old car I need to swap. Do you want um, Claire, my wife has an, an e-bike, which is positively frightening. It's a German thing, which has got they boast this intuitive gearing, oh. and it's the most astonishingly. Um, I mean, I would, I think I could kill myself within a month. It's, it's, it's just a fantastic vehicle, absolutely stunning. So, but um, I, I'm, a, I, I'm, I call myself, a, you know, mili- a, a, a pedestrianarian as well, a militant pedestrian. So I, um, unfortunately. Um, like to take on motor vehicles as a pedestrian. Now this is a sign of deep stupidity <laughs> and I accept that because I'm, I'm soft tissue and most vehicles are, you know, around about half a ton. I've had a couple of close brushes but um, I, it's, I, I've discovered it's a kind of, it's, as you get older you do develop cantankerousness in some part of your life and I seem to be a cantankerous pedestrian and I can accept that. I think there are much worse things to be cantankerous about. <laughs> So one day I, I'll, I'll be I'll be in a hospital ward, I think, banged up, and um, I'll I'll, ha- I'll take the learning. But um, 
I think all New Zealanders, and certainly all New Zealanders of my generation, should walk more. It's, it's, it's. I think I connect it with thinking more than anything else. I connect it with thinking, and um, if it, if I do, all I have to do is set off on my journey a bit quicker, and you know, to get to a meeting or so forth. So. And, and of course, it has limitations in terms of carrying home um, pots of paint or, or, or the groceries. Uh, but other than that, you know, you, you get uh, I, my entire social world is dominated by who I bump into walking. It's, I was going to say, most, um, classic. And this is why I talk too much to people on the phone because I, <laughs> I have a restricted social life, but it's in the street. <laughs> I think we only have a little bit more time, Johnny. But I have one more question that I yeah, am very please. personally invested in myself. And I really wanted to ask you this. Do you think art is introverted or extroverted? Oh, wow. Well, no, no, you know, the thing is, it's both. Because it, 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 it's an expression of an introversion. It's, oh, I call it an interiority. And, and it's, it's made, <laughs> it's, it's exported, if you like. Or, it's, you know, it's not it's, uh, until it has some, some extroverted light, until it has some public life or semi-public life it really doesn't operate so so you actually you, you, you're that, that, that's the kernel of a very um sweet kind of assessment of you know the the, the basic um uh, makeup of, of, of an artwork but but also the, the problem of an artwork you know how how can one how can one exteriorize an interiority um and of course you know you when you're doing that in paint on video or in in, in uh, in some other dance or in writing, that's that, that's the basis of the of the whole um, the whole the whole terrifying um, equation. Um, but nice question, because I think Thanks. you know, often <laughs> artists, you know, we tend to look at artists as being complicated, somewhat introverted, who have a, a occasional occasional kind of flashes of extroversion mm. and I think you know I, I think that that's probably true most of the artists I know certainly and I actually regard it as a public role I think that in in the culture we're the only people that aren't publicly elected we elect ourselves but we are in actual fact um, you know we we're, 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 we hold public office and and we have our own agendas. We don't belong to a party. Usually, it's a party of one. But um, <laughs> you know, it's a very much a public role because you. When I see, if I meet Australians who are interested in the art world, they often talk to me about New Zealand artists. They know New Zealand artworks, and that's their kind of conduit to understanding New Zealand culture. And and the same for me when I go to America or to France or or to Britain. It, it's the their artists who represent their culture to me and, and um so it, it is a public role and yet it's it's, it's you know as i say you're not elected you're, you're not necessarily paid unless you can generate income from what you do so <laughs> it's it's kind of a um it's uh you know there's, there's a hilarious aspect to it in that sense it's both sort of intensely private and intensely public simultaneously so there's your extroversion and introversion <laughs> thank you oh, that was mercy. the best answer i've got for that question so far <laughs> Um, yeah, we're going to have to wrap up this interview. I should think so. But um, who is your favourite New Zealand band at the moment? Because, of course, this is a music radio station, so oh, we're going to play some no, music. No, no, I, I tell you, I've got so many, I've got so many great um, music things. Oh, God. Look, but let me, you know, I tell, I'll, I'll give you a name because I heard them. I was doing a thing at the Orkin Art Gallery, um, and there was a band playing upstairs called... 
Carnivorous Plant Society. That's the one. Perfect. We're going to play some of that for you just oh, later man. later on I, in the show. <laughs> uh, oh, fantastic! Because I look, um, I've dear old colleagues around about my age who who I think don't need the push. But if you could give them a rap, they they were just sensational. I I had to drop what I was doing and just um go up and uh, and I had to leave before I could get a chance to get their um their album. So anyway, it'd be great if you could play their their they're just. They're just Fantastic. Fantastic. We'll play that later on oh. in the show. Thank you so much for joining us on the DFAG Late Breakfast today on Radio 1, John. Uh, my pleasure, and, and, and thank you for listening, giving me a jolly good listening. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. I hope yeah. we cross paths again. Thanks yeah. so much. Have a wonderful All rest of your day. You have fun.